When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bag and a six-point. I wish I was like six foot nine so I can get with Leoshi because she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go. Even in my dreams, I can scheme her ways to make her mine. Because I know she's living bad. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball, so how am I going to compete with that? Because when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Tag y'all, I never understood black while the jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I tell them scat, skittles, bobble, got hit with a bottle, put in the hospital for talking that mess. I confess it's a shame when you living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. Glad I came to my senses, like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach, overcoming my thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six more water. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Everywhere I go, yo, I get slapped at. And when 
when I'm in my car, I'm laid back. I got an A-track and a spare tire and a backseat, but that's flat. And do you want to know what's really whack? See, I can't even get a date, so what you think of that? I heard that prom night is a bomb night with a hood rat, you can hold tight. But really, though, I'm Figaro, when in my car, I can't even get a hella. Well, so many people want to cruise Crenshaw on Sunday. One day, I'm going to have to get in my car and go. You know, I take the 110 into the 105. Get off on Crenshaw, tell my homies, look alive. Because it's hard to survive when you're living in the concrete jungles. And these girls keep passing me by. She looks fly. She looks fly. Make me say, my, my, my. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her, wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point baller, I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her, wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point baller, hey, I wish I had my way, cause every day would be a Friday and you can even speed on a highway, I would play ghetto games, name my kids ghetto names, little Mookie, Big Al, Lorraine, What's going down? Hey, you. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Ah, yes. Ain't that fresh? Now everybody wants to get down like that. Like that. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode. If you are listening, and today is Wednesday, when you're listening, folks, you've made it to hump day. You have made it three days into the week. That means only two days. You can coast those two days. Two days. You don't even, you can pretend you're working. Trust me, your boss will not know the difference. I swear to God. Just coast. Just listen to old episodes of So Bad It's Good. Uh, I hope everybody's doing good out there. Um, uh, I'm doing okay. Sure. I do want to tell you something, and I, I'm trying to – I'm going to have to talk about this a lot more. Uh, but but your boy saw the Batman, the movie, with Robert Pattinson, the vampire guy from Twilight. And I, I'm going to talk about it more at length. I just need to sit with it. I need to – percolate on it and uh, i'll be seeing it many more times because that you guys don't know i've i've <laughs> i'll tell you about my relationship with batman when i do talk about the movie but i think that's a very fitting uh that that fits right into pop culture but uh, i'm so curious what everybody else is going to think about this movie what you guys are going to think about this movie i even wonder what kids are going to think about this movie um uh, but that's not what today is about today is about one of my favorite TV shows and an actor that is one of my favorite actors that I actually know. Now, we'll go into a couple news stories first, but I don't know if you guys have been watching 
the show Euphoria on HBO. I've talked about it a lot on this show. Um, but there is a character named Suze, and she is the mother of Lexi and Cassie, and she is a GD genius. She is a genius, and the actor that plays Suze, her name is Alana Ubach, and she is going to be joining us today, and we just had the best talk, and more more about her in just a second, but I want to do some quick hits on pop culture, and then we're getting into that. Uh, Summer House recap will be on Thursday, you guys, because I definitely do want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I talked, actually, I got to interview somebody from Summer House today, and it was really, really great. Um, you know, today was one of those days where, you know, they always tell you in like self-help and inspirational quotes to be grateful. You're like, you'd be great. You know, or I, I do this five minute journal every morning where you have to do like three things you're grateful for. And I swear to God, every day it's like coffee is one of them. I'm just one of those people. Like I look when I go to bed at night, I'm already like, you know what? That first cup of coffee will be pretty good. Like I'm, I'm one of those. It, it's. I feel like I'm very close to like watching the Today Show, like just a cup of cup of Joe and watching watching my friends on the Today Show. Like I feel like I'm I'm at that stage of life potentially. Today shows for all age ranges, um, <laughs> but today was one of those days where I was lucky enough to actually feel grateful. You know, it's one thing to be pointed out that you should be grateful. It's another thing to feel like that. And I got to do two cool interviews today and it was just nice. I just felt grateful. And I was like, this is what it feels like. This is nice. I want to bottle this feeling. Uh, I know you guys probably know what I'm talking about, but it was just really nice. And I was thinking about all the years I was thinking about two years ago and how my life was so different and three years ago, you know, how my life was so different. And, and and what it is now, I would have never been able to tell you guys. Two years ago, I would have never been able to tell you uh, what today was going to... Well, probably because I was in quarantine and I <laughs> probably thought I was never going to leave quarantine. But three years before, you know, two, screw two years, three years, my life was completely different. And it's really nice not to come out on the other side that's the wrong wording but it is nice to see that there is that life can be different that 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 you still have uh new tricks up your sleeve that you get to do something that you love and i didn't even know how much i love doing this until I got to do it. I didn't even know how much I love talking to you guys until I got to talk to you guys. And I guess that's like some weird lesson to just never, you never know what life has in store for you. I always think I have this message to tell you guys. And then I start talking through it and I realize I'm just talking to myself about this and going, Ryan, this is your, this is your audio journal on a day by day basis. Okay, enough sappy stuff. That's hey, stu hey, that's stupid, Ryan. You're you're silly. You're sappy. I do want to tell you guys about a news story that just warmed my heart, though. Before we get to our guest, this actually and this shows what what a dark, dark heart I have. This made me feel good. Um, I really, I think you guys are gonna feel good about this story too. Uh, TMZ is reporting that Tristan Thompson heckled with Chloe Chance during game. Uh, Tristan Thompson has a new team. He is with the Bulls. 
And the video was posted by a fan near courtside, and you can hear several people yell Chloe loudly at the Chicago Center while he was trying to make foul shots. He was only able to make two of his four attempts during the evening, and, uh, well, Tristan's Bulls went on to lose the game, one twelve ninety nine. You know what is kind of weird? I was watching Real Housewives in New Jersey tonight, and the Bill Aiden-Jennifer Aiden affair, and... You know, I there was a scene of Bill Aiden just hanging back while Jennifer Aiden was in a fight with, like, everybody. And I was thinking, Bill must be thinking to himself, like, wow, this is what happens when you cheat. Look at what I get. And I was just thinking about Tristan throwing free throw. How do you, what are you, throwing basketball? What are you, shooting, shooting free throws. I was just thinking about that when he hears the name Chloe of, like, of course, this is what I get when I cheat. This is what happens. It will it will chase me down for the rest of my life. And when you guys watch Real Houses in New Jersey, look at that scene with Bill Aiden and tell me that he is not in the back of his head going, my God, why did I cheat? This is where I'm at in my life now. Poor Tiki Barber, who's new to Jersey. He, I mean, I swear to God, every episode, he looks like he does not know where he's at. He's like, I wanted my wife to do something, but this is not what I thought I, uh, I thought we had signed up for. Um, I'm hearing more and more about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, everybody's reactions. Now, it did come out into the press, uh, and Lisa Barlow did mention this, about Heather Gay having a DUI. Uh, she never got officially charged, but it was from 2012, I guess. But it is interesting. It's one of those things that I'm shocked hasn't come out before now. and it's it, it But it falls right in line, though, with Housewives... Not like always thinking they don't have to reveal everything like it's going to come out like I fully expect to have every housewives like report card from the age like four and up like we 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 have access to all of the information yet people still withhold things. I'm so curious what Heather thinks of that if she's going to make any kind of statement about that. Uh, I'm sure she will. But. I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see the second part of the reunion. Now, I talked about this on Tuesday was the 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 viciousness that Heather immediately comes out of the gate for with Lisa Barlow. There seems to be a power dynamic shift with Bad Weather, which, of course, is the super group between Whitney and Heather, where I think and they've got to be careful. I really I actually really like Whitney and I like Heather. Um but you got to be careful with that power dynamic because if you, if they get too cocky, if they feel like too many people are behind them, I feel we are potentially looking at the after effects of that cockiness. Now, cockiness, I think, is one of the worst traits that you can possibly have as a person. That and ego. I think ego is a housewife's worst enemy. And potentially we're seeing egos that have been inflated and i think that's dangerous i think they gotta dial it back a little bit let lisa barlow hang herself you know let lisa barlow trip herself up you don't always have to be the person to point out person's uh failures in life you know oh sorry i was just thinking about kyle stye from summer house i still i re-watched summer house today to take notes for it and it is funny just watching that sty, man. There is something, 
So that sty, it represents something, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. Of course, it's the stress of potentially having to get married, but it's something so much darker. I'm hoping Kyle Stye gets a spinoff on Bravo. If if Candy gets another spinoff for Atlanta, why can't Kyle Stye? And by the way, we have an official date on Real Housewives of Atlanta coming back to us. Uh, it is going to be a May premiere for Real Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlanta always brings it. I'm very curious to see what they do this season. Uh, let's see. The date on that is going to be... May 1st, Sunday, May 1st, season 14 will premiere. I don't know if that has something to do with spring, but I love it. Also, this actually made me smile today. Uh, Brad Pitt's company, Plan B, which is a production company, they have come aboard to produce Beetlejuice 2, which could shoot this summer with the original stars Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder repri- reprising reprising, or re- reprising their roles. No Alec Baldwin, though. Uh, it's a shame. But I loved Beetlejuice growing up. I love... Uh, man, Michael Keaton is the cat's pajamas. Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman, by the way. Uh, but that will... Uh, I love stuff like that, and especially if they do it right. And Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B, has produced so many good films. People don't realize how many good films Brad Pitt has actually produced because they're just so um, paying attention to how hot he is. Um, Yeah, so Plan B, which is interesting. So Plan B Entertainment, which is commonly known as Plan B, is an American production company founded in November of 2001 by Brad Gray, Brad Pitt, and Jennifer Aniston. People don't realize they started a production company when they were married. Now, in 2005, after Pitt and Aniston divorced, Brad Gray became the CEO of Paramount Pictures, and Pitt became the sole owner of the company. Uh, And uh, Jennifer Aniston, I believe, was bought out, which I think is just fascinating. So just three of the production company's movies, you guys, they did The Departed, they did 12 Years a Slave, and they did Moonlight. Um... They've done, like, they did Troy. That was their first film with Brad Pitt was in. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, let's see, Time Traveler's Wife. Eat, Pray, Love. Moneyball. Um, let's see here. Selma they did. Uh, God, they did a lot. If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, Ad Astra, which is another Brad Pitt movie. Um, they've done so many good movies. They did Minari which was up for a lot of Oscars last year. But isn't it fascinating that somebody like, you know, it's just not fair. I mean, if heaven exists, I will ask God things like, couldn't you have just given Brad Pitt the good looks? Why did you let him be a producer on good films as well? I'm I'm very, I'm very petty like that. I will literally bring these things up to God. I will like, why? Like, just explain it. Like, what was the, what was the grand plan here? Why did you let Luke Goldbrunson of Summerhouse wear that big of hats? What was the plan? And, and God, was were you playing some kind of joke with Kyle Stye? Did that make you laugh and giggle? I want to know all of that. I've just I've got an inquisitive mind. Uh, you guys, I have babbled enough already. That took a took a turn, but I love. Don't we love learning about things like producing movies and Brad Pitt? Um, okay. 
Enough silliness, you guys. We're not here for silliness. We're here to celebrate a great actor. Her name is Alana Ubach. Now, uh, you'll hear in the intro, but I do know Alana personally. So when I, I'm a huge fan of Euphoria, as you guys know, and to watch her in the role of Suze just made me laugh so much. Uh, I was just so with her in these final two episodes of the season. She had so many great scenes. And we talk about, of course, Sam Levinson, the creator of this. We talk about what it's like working with Sidney Sweeney uh, and Maude Apatow. We talk about meeting Drake, who is a producer on uh, on Euphoria. I don't know if you guys know that. But more than that, I want guys to look Alana up. Uh, there's a thing called IMDB, which is a website. It's like the International Movie Database. And you can go to any actor's name and it'll, you know, it'll say their whole career, what, what they've done. And Alana has done over 191 projects. I mean, in 2022, you're going to be seeing her in season two of HBO Max's The Flight Attendant. We love that, of course. Uh, You might know her from the Brady Bunch movie. You might know her from the movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds. You might know her from the Pixar uh, movie Coco, where she did the voice acting of Mama Melda. I mean, you might know her from Bravo. She was in a TV show for Bravo called The Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce for a couple of seasons. You might know her from Meet the Fockers. You might know her from Bombshell. She has been in so many projects. And the thing is, she's been amazing in every one. She is a character actor of the highest degree. And what's so amazing is that even if you don't watch Euphoria, I want you to listen to this interview because we are talking to somebody who is good at their job today, who had a dream. And I've told you guys about acting. Acting is so hard because you deal in dreams. We all dream about TV and film and music and movie, all of this great stuff. But you're dealing with dreams. So it's really hard when people don't achieve their dreams out here. And here is somebody that is so damn good. Like, I'm shocked that I know this person because she just blows me away with her talent. And when you see somebody like this, you truly believe in some sort of higher power because this woman is so talented. And of course, not only is she an amazing actor, but she's an amazing mom, an amazing wife, all of that stuff. And she has always been just such a solid person. And to make Alana Ubach laugh is just about the best damn thing that I can think of. But I want you to be able to get to know Alana a little bit better. And this is a very familiar interview because we know each other. But I saw her on Euphoria and I had to ask her because we've been talking about that show nonstop this season. And this is a pop culture podcast. Um, Oh, and I, I said she was in Legally Blonde too. We, of course, talk about Legally Blonde in this. So guys, without further ado, I'm gonna shut up now. But here is... My friend, actor Alana Ubach, most recently seen in Euphoria. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today is a day that we will all rejoice because I have been talking about this show this entire season. We've all been talking about this show. And what's so amazing about this show is that every episode, I knew somebody on this show and not only just know somebody on the show, I know a breakout star from this show. And when I say breakout star, you might think overnight success, but no, 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 no. 
Our guest today has been working in this beautiful, wonderful industry that we pin all our hopes and dreams on for so many years and had so many amazing parts. In fact, I was on Twitter as I as I do. This is going to be a very long intro, Alana. Um, and I love looking up her name because everybody is always like, you guys don't even know, but she was in Legally Blonde. Oh my God, <laughs> you guys don't even know. She was in Waiting. Oh my God, you guys don't even know. She was Mama Imelda. You guys don't even know. This person has putting out quality work and now it is hysterical that she is on the number one show, not just of cable, but of show shows right now. And she killed it this season. I mean, she was like Chris Jenner in these final episodes. We have the one and only, uh, the person that bore Lexi and Cassie, Suze, Alana Ubach. Welcome to the show. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to call my manager and have her bring you on board, Ryan. I Please. I am By happy way, to. Ryan and I have known each other forever. We were writing partners at one point. And as he was watching Euphoria, he texted me with like, he'd take a picture of the screen <laughs> and I'd look like I was Sam Kinison out of my mind, stupid. And he'd be like, hey, just watching <laughs> you on TV right now. So it's, yeah, Ryan and I go way back. Back to the 60s, remember? Back to the Vietnam War? Yeah, we fought in World War II together. It was a beautiful war. We got matching tattoos that one time. We were on acid on the boardwalk. The thing is, the biggest compliment to you, though, is being, I'm a huge Euphoria fan, like everybody is. And then, but you don't even take, but when I watch you on the show, you don't, like, I don't sit there and go, oh, that's my friend Alana. I go, I'm like so invested in it. And I just, let's hit some euphoria stuff right off the bat, because we could talk about so many different things. And really, truly, you are an actor's actor. You are, I mean, talent personified. I'm going to just keep kissing your ass like this. But euphoria starts three or four years ago for you. Do you remember the audition? Is it with Sam Levinson, the creator? How does this get approached? Because people don't realize what actors, she has an actor's life, you guys, where she gets hit with auditions every day. She is a working actor and she gets so many things thrown her way. Yeah. Is there any difference on Euphoria than any of the other ones? Well, you know, with every, um, with every audition that I I get, it gets emailed to me and Sometimes I'm lucky and they'll send the entire script. Well, Sam was absolutely fine, very confident sending out the script to the people that were auditioning. So I got to read the entire pilot. And when I got to read the pilot, I was up for Zendaya's mom. Now, Zendaya wasn't cast yet. So they didn't know exactly who, who, you know, the lead was going to be. But I had heard my manager had called me and said, there are rumors that Zendaya is going to be Cass. And I I pronounced it Zendaya at the time. And I said, oh, she's so beautiful, but I look nothing like her. It'd be impossible for her to come from my loins. Obviously, (laughs) She's just so tall and statuesque. I mean, it would be, uh, unless she was adopted or she adopted me, that would be impossible. By the way, that sounds like a plot line of Euphoria, by the way. Oh my, here we go. Season three, (laughs) Sam, if you're listening. So I had read the entire script and I, I couldn't put it down. And I thought, okay, is there anyone else? Anyone else? Who's this drunk mom? Oh, she's hilarious. Oh, she could be anyone. And I thought, I called my manager and I said, Margaret, you know what? I, I'm going to take my chances because Zendaya is so perfect for the lead. I'm pretty sure they're going to offer her that. 
why don't I go out for this character, Suze? She was like, which one is Suze? And I said, she's the drunk mom, Margaret. I'm just going to send you the scenes of her. And so, um, you know, obviously they were, they were concentrating more on casting the, the kids. But when I finally put myself on tape, I walked into Mary Vernu's office and I've known her from, she cast me. Legendary in casting director, legendary yeah, casting she, director. She, legendary. And, and I adore her. Um, and she had cast me in Freeway when I was a kid with Reese Witherspoon. God, Kiefer Sutherland, you guys, I've talked about this movie on the show before. Freeway is like right in that sweet spot after yeah. like Pulp Fiction got released. And it was kind of this indie hit, indie darling. <laughs> I saw it on VHS video. It's wild. It's so good. But <laughs> it's really fun. And so I forget everything that, that you've been in. Oh. Yeah. And so, and so along the years, you know, she's really thrown me some really special bones and, um, and I'm so grateful for that. First of all, she's such a mensch. I mean, the most humble casting director you've ever met aside from Wendy O'Brien and, you know, there, there, there are a handful of those casting directors that keep you on their radar. And so I'm pretty sure she may have had a big say in, in, in uh, Sam's choice in casting me, but I did walk into the casting office with a big wine uh, glass of wine in my hand as a prop. And, you know, wait, wait, actual wine or did we put, did we put diet Coke or actual uh, water, water? I just had water in there. I had to have something in my hand. I said, because that's all, that's a part of the scene. And so the audition scene was her being drunk and asking Ru how rehab was. And then the next one was telling Cassie, you better be careful. I want you to call me at this time or take a picture of the clock or whatever that was. And, and, um, I, uh, and that was it. They put me on tape. And before I know it, two weeks went by and I got the offer and I thought, wow, I I was shocked because number one, it was one of the best pilots I'd ever, I'd ever read. I, I could not believe that this came out of this unknown in, in very many ways. He was an unknown, um, this unknown creator's mind. I was just floored. And when I We're met him, about, of person, course, Sam Levinson, correct? Sam yeah. Levinson is so unassuming when you meet him. He is just an every, every guy's guy, every girl's girl. He is so unassuming. It, it's just, he, he's sort there's, he's kind of shy. Well, there's one and, thing that we keep seeing of him where it looks like he's the biggest auteur. He has like a, oh, an overcoat and an ascot or, you know, not at all. Like or something. Well, I, first of all, it's freezing in the studio. So that's probably why you see him like that because it's so cold. It's like 20 degrees in, in, in these studios. So he's all bundled up, but he really does remind me of all of those kids you fell in love with in theater school. Yes. The theater geeks or the, or the guys that were working at the video stores that have seen every single movie. Yes. He's that all he wants to do is talk about movies and performances. And he's just the sweetest thing in the world. And his wife, I think he and his wife are expecting a, a second child, but they're, they're just lovely. And he's very, very humble. I think it's because it's just the, the uh, cathartic for that for him because Zendaya really is based on his life her 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 uh, Rue story is based on his 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 story as a kid really wow he battled addiction and he and I I think his mom and dad you know said you know I I don't I don't think going to to uh, college for you is is going to be helpful at all I think it's going to be too stimulating for you you're you're a proper addict so maybe read the newspaper every day and maybe one day you'll write your story so that's what happened um, when, you know, just because a lot of people listening don't know how these things are created, sure. so you book the part and like these things are, 
you know, take years sometimes to make years. anything. Years. Do you do a first read through with everybody when you work on like, how was that first season cobbled together? Because they also did something very different with Euphoria and you especially see it played out in the second season with the use of film, uh, the use of music behind everything. Everything is so well done, but piecing it together, do you do the normal things like you do with hour longs where you're doing a read through at a table? Do they piece it together in a different way? This second season, yes, because my part was so small in the first season, I, I, I really, in all honesty, when you're a reoccurring guest, you really don't know when you're going to be called back or when you're not. So I had to get gigs in between because this is my oh, bread yeah. and butter, you know, being a character actor, you don't get paid a lot of money. I mean, I really don't. So, you know, if, if you saw what I cleared every year, you'd be like, <laughs> are you <laughs> sure you want to do this? I know, that's what I tell people. I bet you, I bet you a billion dollars right now. People are like calling Alana trying to get like, can I get, can I, can I borrow some money? Like people <laughs> think you're automatically a billionaire if you're. Oh no, not, a, not even a millionaire. No, <laughs> maybe a thousandaire. But yes, that's thousand what I always tell. I said, does anybody want to date a thousandaire out there? Cause that, you know, that is <laughs> talking, hey, $2,000 baby. Look, uh, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. My husband, my husband and I, um, are He's not an amazing man, house. by the way. Your husband's oh. an amazing man. Yeah. Thank you. And he was very wise. He's a music producer. And years ago, he bought his house bank owned. So we, you know, when I met him, I thought we're moving into your house. Those mortgage <laughs> payments are practically nothing. We're going to do what we want to do as artists. Um, and and uh, and uh, we we have a kid. He's four years old. And there's a great public school around the corner from here. And it's element. It goes up to elementary school. So we're not moving. We're 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 staying here. I can't afford. Way, you you live. You're, kid you're kid. a lady of the canyon. You are a lady. lady of the canyon. Yeah, we're little old hippies out here. You know. And you know. Let, let, let's let's face it. I can't afford to send my kid to like Berkeley or Harvard Westlake or any of those kids. We'd be homeless with our child having a wonderful education, but he'd be studying out of our, out of his, out of our car, quite frankly. So you do the first season and you do the mm -hmm. first season, not knowing it was Sorry, just, I digress. Part. No, no, no. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was just this little part. So do you yeah, take, so I wasn't, I wasn't there for the, for the table reads. I wasn't there for the table reads. I was usually working That's on something else. Alana, can you make it for the table read? I'm sorry. I can't, I'm working on whatever, a commercial, uh, a voiceover gig, you know, anything to, to keep going because, um, you know, when you're a reoccurring guest star, it, it's, it's, you're, you're not making the Zendaya. Right. In all honesty. I mean, that's any, you, any, used to date Tom Holland, right? you, you dated Tom Holland at a certain point, right? I, what we were texting back and forth and, and then um, I blew him off. Yeah. You know, you're like that. No, I like my Latinos. <laughs> I like my oh. Latinos. I, I, they turned me on a little more than the white boys. Just saying. You go into the actual then process of it. Do you remember the first time meeting uh, Sydney Sweeney and Maude Apatow, your daughters? And, and how do you create that relationship when you don't know somebody? I know these are basic acting questions, but people don't know what it's like. Well, it, it was, first of all, it was right when the cancel culture started, you know, came to be. <clears throat> and there were new rules on the set. And so I walk in with a bunch of these teenage girls that are laughing and giggling and having a good time. I didn't know any of their names. And we sit down and I think I, I think I had recognized Maude Apatow. I was like, oh, that's the little girl from those, those Apatow movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
And we were sitting there with someone from HBO saying, well, you you can't touch a person unless they consent. And I raised my hand. I was like, this is such bullshit. I am a woman in my 40s. You're really telling me that I don't know what, uh, come on. But we had to listen to, to what this person from HBO was talking about. And I was like, but what if these little girls like someone on the set? I used to have uh, relationships with boys I met. Can they get each other's phone numbers? She was like, only if it's consensual. So that was hysterical. I They were very young and sweet. And they're also, you know, in spite of the fact that they are, that this, this show has exploded, they all, they're all very humble. They're one of, they're probably the most hardworking little actresses I've ever met in that age category. And there's also a bit of innocence. Their parents did a really good job preserving their innocence from Sydney Sweeney's family to Maude's family to Zendaya's. You can all tell their family girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there's that. And that actually, do you think that helps in the work actually? Because you guys are really showing uh, what a family is like. Like you are like your family and we get to see your family story in the first season, but you even get to see it deeper, you know, and just like, there are certain scenes where I see you with a glass, like even when you, when Sydney's uh, walking out to go live with Nate and just that look, that beautiful shot of you would very, very boogie nights to me of just that beautiful shot of you watching her walk out that door. And there was so much relationship in your look. I mean, it just, you guys created it so brilliantly. Do you know on set or are you kind of like, we got to wrap the day soon. We only got two more hours. I got to get there. Like what, what is your process when you get into these things? Are you talking about characterization with Sam and with Sydney and stuff? Not at all. Really? The, the, the interesting thing about it is, uh, you know, most of the time Sam just leaves everyone alone. He really does. He trusts that you know what you're doing. He really does trust these kids. He trusts that they know what they're doing. And, and I think it's almost like a perfect marriage. You leave each other alone. You know, Sam is usually, he's really truly connected at the hip with the DP. He and the DP are, you know, going to the corner discussing, should we get her into this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Alana, we're going to get, um, we're, we're going to get a shot of you, um, you know, it, it, the camera's going to come in really close. So watch your head when it comes. <laughs> it's that. It's it's those kind of things. It's so technical what he does. It's funny. My sister and I were both uh, watching it. She said, you know who Sam reminds me of? And I said, yes. She's like, and I can say this. I'm 11 years older than you. He's uh, he's like Bob Fosse. You know, it's very visual. It's visual. It's choreographed. It's almost like a long music video. And every single shot means something symbolically. And as far as the, the, the actors are concerned, it's almost like we're, we're, you know, one of the, the least important things in the making of that scene. Isn't it weird? Like I always try to tell people on things like this, you're, I hate to say this word, but like sometimes and I don't think Sam probably makes you feel it, but you can feel like a prop. You can feel yeah, like absolutely. But you, you know, it's 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 it's, and that's where the casting comes in, where it's just like, you know, do I trust Sydney Sweeney to access her emotions at any given minute, and then to sustain that for ten shots of the same scene in a row? Yes, I do. You know, it, it's it, and it comes from someone like Sam who has seen everything in the world, right? So, you know, he he um, he casted 
it's funny, but he he casted the um, Nate's mom because he had seen her in Hellraiser three, and he knew that he she he she'd be able to you know play this character brilliantly. I honestly think he knows exactly where the show is going and where it's going to end. He's just not telling anyone. So you <laughs> you can we just make it up right here on the spot where we think it's going to end? Like let's just make it up. Let's just let's uh you're. Hey, you I think I think I I think Ashtray is actually my child. Wait, wait, <laughs> I'm the one who left. Alana, did you go on like, dude? I was sent Reddit theories that are insane. People sending me theories that you had hooked up with Cal and that your best friend was the the rich girls. The girl I do. It was like so like there are aliens involved. Have you read some of this stuff? I haven't. What is Reddit? You don't even know what Reddit is a place where um, a lot of weirdos just go to spout theories. A lot of. I'm going to go on it now. I'm I, such I, an I old bitch. I am. I'm oh. such an old bitch. I, I can barely post, repost things on Instagram. Oh. I don't know how. <laughs> if you guys go, I'm going to put all of Alana's information on here, but her Instagram is hysterical because she's she's been fixated on these Barbie euphoria things. Oh, that somebody's recreating euphoria scenes with Barbies. And I love your, cause you can kind of tell that you're like, you're like, I love this. Um, but it's hysterical because, uh, you know, we come from an age where social media wasn't what it is today. You don't understand whoever is listening to this. It is so difficult to have been an actor from the eighties. When you used you, to have a hard copy headshot, no digital, no you digital. Don't, yes. I remember when I'd have to, first of all, my parents would be working at their graphic shop and they wouldn't have time to take me to audition. So I'd get a yellow cab to drive me from Downey to drive me all the way to my agent's office so that she could, so that I could pick up the script and the sides for the pilot I was going out for the day after. It was such a pain in the ass to be an actor when I was an actor, when I was first starting out. You had to have this map, you had to have this book, the Thomas Guide map. Thomas Guide, remember those? There wasn't phones to tell you where, like there wasn't ways and there wasn't this. So you had to look up on your little map that you would carry with you in the car to go to your auditions and, and shoots and things like that. Yeah, I remember I was going out for the Roseanne Barr show to try out for uh, for for one of their kids, and I was in the back of this cab, and he was so stoned he could not find the address, and I was like, "Damn it, just drop me off at this car, I'll find it myself." And by the time I got there, it was like this panel call, and I was all sweaty, and my shoelaces were untied, and it, and, it was, and Sarah Gilbert got it, and you Sarah Gilbert, Sarah Gilbert got it. Was not sweaty as you were. Um, and that brought by me now. Whoa, where do you get this this drive? I think with all actors worth their salt, they have this kind of inner drive that really just keeps them going in the face of defeat, in the face of so many no's. Uh, you definitely had your share of no's as much as we think you work all the time, which you do. I know, like you just said, you probably auditioned for things that we are very well aware of. You've probably gotten close to things. What keeps you having that drive? And also, are there times when you fall out of love with acting and the euphoria? Like, is that a period of time where you're like, this is, these are, these are the, the just desserts of that struggle? You know, it, it, when when I, you know, when you're younger, you think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be on top of the world. I want to be the next Lindsay Lohan. And then yeah. that doesn't happen. And and then you end up being like the, the, you know, the sarcastic best friend, the sidekick. 
And I thought, well, okay, um, okay. And then, and then all of a sudden you, you do something like, um, you know, the Brady Bunch movie where I had a really funny haircut because I was doing this, this, this play that took place in 1945 in, in uh, New York. So when I tried out, I think it was the haircut that got me the role because it was so funny looking. It was like this funny Anne Frank Bob. And so <laughs> I think that's what got me the role. And I thought, oh, this is, this is interesting. And all of a sudden the Brady Bunch movies comes, comes out and I'm considered funny. Yeah, you guys. It's really weird. I and I'm, oh, I guess I'm funny. I rewatched the Brady Bunch movie recently and she plays the girl that is psychotically in love with Marsha. And lesbian. She, she a scene stealer if there was like uh reminds me and I this is like but there was a movie with uh Jack Black and and Tim Robbins called um Bob Roberts back in the day and Jack Black had a couple of scenes but it would be with Tim Robbins where he was just look at him so infatuated and you had this beautiful like you had this beautiful infatuation with Marsha and it was so funny because you weren't even trying to be funny you just committed you it was commit that's it you know what when you, when you come from the theater you just commit and when you commit it's, I remember going to this casting director. It was the casting director of um, Masters. Uh, wait, wait, what, what, what is the movie about the, sorry, the, the show about uh, Masters of Sex. Yeah. And she said, you know, Alana, I can't help but just laugh even when you're doing a dramatic scene. I'm like, well, there you go. I guess I'm just going to be considered the funny chick. So, you know, what happens is, is that casting directors and the business define you all of a sudden. And so as I was uh, in my 20s and stuff, I really didn't, um, you don't have any control over it. But all I know is you just, you just stick to it because it, it's, it's really all I, I, I love when it comes to work. Playing pretend is what gets me up in, 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 uh, in the morning. It is that, oh my God, this is so exciting. What do I get to audition for today? Or what do I get? You know, I don't, there, there was a point where I was really depressed and I, I, um, I called my acting uh, coach, uh, uh, Sharon Chatton, and she said, Alana, you just have to want to play. Just keep playing. That's all. Just play. That's, that's all. And keep reminding yourself why you decided to do this in the first place. And when I was a kid, I, I saw Tony and Tennille in Vegas, and I looked at my dad, and I said, do they pee? <laughs> do they go caca? And <laughs> said, uh, yes, yes, they do. He was Puerto Rican. And he was like, of course, they rehearse, they get up there and they 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 put on their their costumes and then they go home and then they practice a lot and they do it again. And I thought they don't put them in boxes. No, of course not. A lot of they're real. So I remember saying, I want to be that. I want to be the lights. I want to be the the smell of the cigarette smoke in the theater and the prime ribs. I just wanted to be a part of it in some kind of way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that constant longing never leaves you. And I think that's what keeps me going. And for this phenomenon to happen to me at the age of 46 is hysterical. I think it's hysterical. But you know what? It's like, first off, what I love about it, though, is you look like you're having the time of your life. Like in those. Can't help it. That, 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 yeah, it's, and it's Sam and it's, it's, it's like, you're over at a buddy's house and you're sitting there having a beer with him and you guys are just playing. I remember there have been times when I was like, uh, called up to Leslie's office working on something and we, you know, we would do an improv scene or something and you, I've never seen somebody so willing to say yes to like, Oh, or if we were writing something, you'd be like, Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Oh. And you'd be so excited and so open. And so, and that's what I saw in those final two episodes, which is, uh, her daughter Lexi's play. Oh yeah. There is scenes of just, 
you could tell Sam was so in love with Alana on those scenes because he must have just said, let her rip. We're going to put the camera right here. But he what did. Was, yeah. What was the process of that? Because you had so many great reaction shots where you were enthralled or laughing or I mean, was there a direction or did you just say, let her rip? Give me five. Let, let, her, let, let her rip. Um, uh, uh, and and uh, you, you know, I think because Sam was an actor and he went to the Lee Strasberg Institute and we were talking about that. He said, I wonder, you know, if, if Strasberg actors, we had a conversation, he said, are, are now considered crazy on set because can you do what Jim Carrey did when he was uh, when he was uh, creating Man in the Moon? Can you do that still? Can you be the character the entire time? I think it's insulting to a lot of people. And I think they're, they'll, they'll end up, t- you know, complaining about you in, in, in HR. <laughs> and you want a director to say that because sometimes directors will treat you like they're your parents and you have to be on your best behavior. And the work suffers. The work always suffers. And especially when the number one is an asshole number one you guys is the, the number one uh person on the call sheet they say it so like on sopranos james gandolfini was the number one that's the number one. one it's zendaya right or zendaya yes zendaya is there on days when she's not working yeah. i mean she is there to support she's the sweetest most unassuming person you've ever met you'd never know in a million years she is as as um, huge as she is, Juggernaut, she'll yeah. sit there and she'll go and pat you on the back and she'll be like, that was so good. You're killing it. And <laughs> I've never been on a show like that. Usually the number ones on these shows are divas or divos, whatever you want, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's all about them and it's all about kissing their ass and making them feel good. And, and, um, and you're miserable going to work. And that's happened to me when when they're when the number ones have been a real pain in the ass or they make fun of you or this and that and the other. And you just kind of be, have to be like, huh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess I am really short. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's you get in your car and you're like, I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. Well, people don't understand, too, is that you're always like paranoid that you potentially will get fired. Fired. That's it. So you have to kiss the number one's ass. Um, and even if you're not working with them and you run into them, it, 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 that whole thing, like, oh, my God, you'll get fired again. You're like, wait, I'm not on that show anymore. or I'm not a guest star on that, that, that uh, I, I wasn't, you know, I'm not on that movie anymore, but you still <laughs> are afraid of them. <laughs> did, did the production ever tell you, because you, you kind of took a, uh, not a risk, you took a thing that you know, part you liked, but from season one to season two, I mean, huge gap, obviously, but we go into season two and you are remembered. You are written into a bunch of episodes was that a like, oh, nice. Like, I mean, what was your reaction when you started realizing you were like, you got to do so many great scenes, even the scene where Rue comes over and we find out like Rue lets it out that, uh, you know, your daughter was cheating with Nate. I mean, you got to be a part of so many cool scenes. What, did that, do you get excited when you got script for the second season? Well, so wild because the pandemic happened. Yeah. We were about, we, we had, we had had the, the uh, read through of the first two, three episodes and then the pandemic happened and we had not, we, we couldn't go into production. Well, so we had to wait like a year. Those were already written before pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it was crazy. So we had to wait a year and I was like, oh my God, I got to get a gig. Like I, <laughs> I I've got to eat. Yeah. So, you know, so then you do another gig and then you kind of forget about it. And then you get a phone call saying, Hey, Alana, you're in uh, four out of eight episodes for euphoria. Oh, great. I'm in, I'm in the second season. Yeah. Oh my God. 
that's so cool. And, and that's it. You're in four out of eight episodes. It's that technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the pay? It's blah, 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 blah. Okay. Very good. Okay. It was bad. Yeah. And, and uh, what are the dates? Okay. The dates are this and that, and, and, and they're going to make it work because they know you're in Calgary. Okay. You know, it's, it's I'm not a big... artistic of like Alana, what we need this season is no, we need, we need look, to dig deep. We need her. We need to see her past in this. Look, let me tell you something. If I was offered Titanic, I would have said yes. But <laughs> when you're a character actress, you know, you really, it's always on a daily, it changes. And for this to have happened, I guess in my mind, I always think, well, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, it's work and it's a day's work. And it's funny when I read the scene, I'm like, oh, okay, this will probably take about 16 hours. Let me call, let me call the babysitter. You know, I'll call my husband, Tom, I, this is a long scene. So I think that's how I think because yeah. <laughs> never in a million years, I'd get recognition for anything. You just don't. This is your craft. So this is what you do on a day-to-day basis. So it is always like, I, I was reading an interview with Tom Hanks. They're like, what do you remember the most about uh, Philadelphia? And he was like, well, uh, I remember uh, my son had to, uh, he got like a really bad cold during that. Like it wasn't anything to do with the part. It was like, well, my family, you know, it's like, you're just trying to get through your actual life. And this is the job that you do. Always, you know, it's, it's the ethers. It's the ethers that make a big deal out of whatever you, you have done. But, you know, I, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I'm a crew guy. I'm a gaffer. I really am. Like we, we, we go in, we do our job. I'm like, oh, this is a big, this is a big scene. Look at this. Oh, cool. All right. Let's do this. You know, and and then you're in it and you're like, oh my God, this is actually a really big scene. And then you get in your car and you're driving home and you're like, oh, I wonder how they'll edit that. Yeah, it'll probably be cut out. Who knows? You know, you never, you never uh I never expect anything given the fact that I've never been a big deal, Ryan. <laughs> you, wait, wait, wait. I see, I disagree. I feel like you've been a big deal a bunch of times and now it's weird because it's like there's a yeah if you're a film geek and you've seen everything in the, no, you know, the Alana, wait, record you, shops are the ones that recognize Alana, me. but you got it okay you got to agree though where we're now at a culmination point where people are like oh my god legally blonde like i literally see that all the time now of people like do you know that sues from euphoria and they act like that's like oh my god like yeah, but ryan this has been just the past 10 days Okay, well, yeah, let's get into this. Well, I know. But can we, and is your manager, can we capitalize this? Are we going to get the Sue's show? What are we doing? How are we, how are we getting you out there? Well, I, you know, it's funny. My, my aunt works for Netflix and she, she, she said, she was like, do you know that 2 million people have realized that you're, you were in Coco and, and, and waiting and legally blonde and, and snowfall and, and, and all (laughs) they're putting, they're putting, they're finally putting your career together. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Uh, wait, wait here. Do I just say, do I wait in my house? What do I do? Yeah. So I, you know, I call Jennifer Craig, my agent at Gersh, and I call my my manager, Margaret, who's been my manager since I was 15. So I'm like, should I, should we submit me for an Emmy? She was like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Does it, how do you do this? So I, I Googled how to submit yourself. <laughs> Last night, I, I don't know how. So I submit, I guess you call HBO and then they send out uh, DVDs of you. And then, but I, I, I thought, oh, you know, the cover oh. shot, it's, it's you reacting at the play. Like, you know, like you send out the cover shot of you laughing at the play. Or you on stage. Well, it, 
And I, and, and I was funny, and I was talking to my husband. I was like, Tom, what if we get to go to the Emmys? He was like, you can finally wear your wedding dress again. You <laughs> you've been wanting to, and you can dye it that beautiful red that you've been wanting to dye. It. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited um, if uh, that happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, whatever. And, and You were nominated for a, a SAG Award for Janine Pirro and Bombshell. People yes. Oh, my God. And then I changed my IMDb uh, bio, and I was like, nominated for a screen <laughs> actor's kill. <laughs> in Janine Hero. I mean, I was with a I was with a publicist um at, at the time and and I remember watching the the first uh you know, it's funny you get input from other people and you're like, "Uh, oh, you know, I I was watching and I was so happy after the screening and she looks at me and she's like, "Did your park get cut out?" And that just you know, took all of the air out yeah, of my yeah, balloon. Yeah, yeah. Thought, oh, another another role that's not going to be acknowledged again. And all of a sudden, it did, and everyone was surprised. And you know, it, it's it's like, I want people to realize the the ultimate roller coaster for somebody that is brilliant as you is that everybody still goes through this. There is something. Oh, bless you, man. Thank well, you. No, no. I mean, this is really. I mean, I was so. And by the way, I even got to the point where I was nervous to text you because I was like, is Alana's a big star now? I can't, I, can I, or am I, am I allowed to, because we talk about the show every week. And then my friend, because I had mentioned knowing you and she's like, we, uh, you should ask her if she'd come on. I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if she'd come, but like, and then I put that you were coming on to the, um, Facebook group for the show and they freaked out. Like they you serious? Yeah, they like, I mean, they were like, but so I do gotta I do gotta ask. Legally blonde. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. I do need to ask because everybody wants to know what was your experience on Legally Blonde? And we hear there's a sequel. Have you heard anything about Legally Blonde 3? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from third performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. 
Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Folks, here is the part of the show that I love every week when we get to talk about our advertisers. And we have two great ones sponsoring So Bad It's Good this week. The first one is a company that is new to us called Smart and Sass. That's right, folks, Smart and Sass. Now, we all know adulting is bullshit. I think I've managed to put that in every episode in some sort of way. Uh, It's an onslaught of what the Fs at least 20 times a day. But sometimes, you know, we just need a break from the day-to-day drab. Maybe a couple of cuss words, maybe me, your favorite podcast, a middle finger or two, a few great laughs, whatever it takes to put adulting in a timeout. Now, you need smart ass and sass. The subscription box that will say everything you want to say so your mouth doesn't have to. Um, this is actually great because this got sent to me, you guys, and I didn't know this was an advertiser. And so they sent me this amazing box of goodies. Like there was like a stapler and all of this like fun stuff. And I was like, I didn't even question it. I was just like, sweet. Somebody sent me an amazing box and I didn't even look into it. I was just like, sweet. But it turns out that is smart ass and sass. And it brought so much brightness to my day. And I'm excited because I now get to tell you that's what it was. And you guys can have the same excitement that I did with a box of goodies showing up to your house. Um, smart ass and sass items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team, a group of really mouthy mofos who want you to get a good laugh in your day. Man, I feel like I should be working for the SNS team. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring, they partner with the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. Now, snarky, I feel like I love the word snarky. I think it gets a bad rap because most snarky people are good hearted people. So we feel free to be, let, let your snark flag fly free because snarky is where it's at. And I did love the snarky items in this box set. Um, uh, what I was thinking too, is that even if this box set isn't for you, like this monthly subscription service, it could be for a friend. It could be for your daughter. It, I mean, it actually, it really is cool. Just try it out for one month. Each big box contains one SNS designed t-shirt and it has between seven to nine unique items. And it's valued at over $90. That is, well, that's a lot of money. So subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. That's S-M-A-R-T-A-S-S-A-N-D-S-A-S-S.com. And use code SOBAD for 10% off your first subscription order. Uh, and also follow Smart Ass and Sass on social media for your daily dose of attitude. Oh, hell yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash 
credit card. Um, our second product today, our second advertiser today, you guys, they are old friends of the pod, our, co- our friends over at Ana Luisa. Now, let us give it up for Ana Luisa Jewelry. Um, they're the real deal, you guys. I am so excited about this one because when I told people that I know that Anna Luisa was, uh, you know, they were they were sponsoring the pod, people actually know knew already what Anna Luisa uh, was, and that I was like, oh, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, they're advertising on the pod. <laughs> so Anna Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They are 100% carbon and water neutral, but also really, really pretty, if you ask me. And you know your boy is a jewelry expert. Not a fashion expert, but I really, I know my way around jewels. Um, their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. You can even layer the necklaces together. I love Women, when when women layer necklaces, I think it really, I genuinely think it does look really cool. Uh, Anna Luisa, that's A N A L U I S A, has timeless jewelry for any occasion. Uh, a great ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries, a dainty bracelet for when you pick up an iced coffee, a luxurious necklace that makes your friend think, whoa. She is making a lot of money with a necklace like that. But the best part is Anna Luisa Jewelry starts at only $39. The prices are incredible, and with our code SOBAD, you can get 10% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. At Anna Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list. A friend, a partner, a sister-in-law, a daughter to spoil, or even yourself. Just spoil yourself. You have the credit card. Spoil yourself. Plus, the gift guide on their website, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to browse most gifted options. Do not do not feel shame in going to the bestsellers page or looking at what they recommend. That's how I do it at the Old Navy website, you guys. I've told you this many times. I am not imaginative, and I need to be shown how these things work. And Anna Luisa does that. They take the work out of it for you. So while you're getting yourself a new necklace, why don't you throw in one for your sister, throw in one for your friend, throw in one for everybody. So go treat yourself and your loved ones and use our code SOBAD to get 10% off. I absolutely recommend them. They are a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry that even my mother loves because she's the one that got the samples that they gave me. So go check out uh, shop.analuisa.com forward slash awesome. So that's shop.analuisa.com forward slash awesome. And then the code is so bad. Now I'll put that all, all of that stuff in the uh, show description. Um, so just go there and this stuff really does help the show out you guys. I swear to God. So if you are looking to buy yourself a little gift or somebody else, really go to Anna Luisa, put in so bad, get the 10% off, get amazing jewelry. I mean, that's really, that's the name of the game. So, and, uh, now without further ado, back to our show. Because that is an iconic movie for so many people. And I know for you, it might've just been another job, but for so many people, that is their movie that they watch religiously every weekend. And if it's on TBS, they will watch it even with commercials. Have you heard anything about Legally Blonde 3, which I hear is supposed to happen at some point? Well, um, Legally Blonde 1, I'm almost positive I got hired because the girl I was up against was between me and another girl. And she was very tall. And Reese is tiny. She's so little. 
she has these little little hamster paws. <laughs> She's very little. And so um, I'm pretty small myself. Yeah. In fact, I think I'm even shorter than her. So we were perfect match together. And it's, you know, when you are, when someone is playing your best friend, they better damn well be close to your height because it's, you have to match when you're matching the shot setups. It's very technical, but it's so much easier. You know what I mean? Otherwise yeah. it looks very comical or it sticks out like a sore thumb and it, and it's, it, you know, and then you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito where it's, where the, it's an ongoing joke yeah, for yeah, two yeah. hours, but it's, it's very easy to, um, to light and to, to, and for every shot to, to put the shot setups together when two people are close to the same height. So um, I think that's how I got it. And it's so cute because I knew Reese with uh, from Freeway. Yeah, yeah. And I was so excited that she got the role because she was considered pretty much all indie at the time. I'm like, oh, my God, we got a studio film. We're going to our name and lights. We're going to make <laughs> funny. And I. I was, I think, down to, I think I had like 3000 bucks in my bank when I, when I booked that I hadn't booked in a really long time. And my manager, Margaret had come to the house to, to go over the scene with me. She was like, there was no reason why you shouldn't be booking a lot. I don't know what's going on with you. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, um, she, 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 um, she was like, substitute, who is your best friend? Okay, use her in the scene, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's also my coach at the same time, Margaret. So I think uh, in all honesty, my father had passed away not too long before all of that. So there was a big lull there. I was depressed. And then when I got this, the the uh, movie, I was so excited. I mean, Jessica Caulfield and, and all these incredible actors, it became a phenomenon. Did we know it was going to be as big as it was? Very much like Euphoria. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't. We had uh, no idea. And Legally Blonde 3, I'm not quite sure. I know uh, Mindy Kaling is writing uh, the, the yeah. draft right now. And there might be going back and forth and Reese is giving notes. Who knows? But well, um, would you know if you would be a part of that? Has any overtures been made? I, uh, you know, when you, he, here's another thing that a lot of people don't know about. When, when there's a sequel to something or a part three or whatever, you know, the actors are the last, they're the least important part of that kind of production. You got to get the funding from the studio. You've got to get the, the, the pre-production. You've got to get, um, who are the new characters that are going to be on the show? Um, what, what is yeah. everyone's quotes? And you will get that call probably a week before they start shooting. Well, isn't that funny, Alana, that the public, <laughs> the public, like the actors are the face of the project. So that well, I think is, everyone thinks we sit at home and eat bonbons all that's day what I'm long. Saying. And then we 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 get we, you know in our mansions and then we we get these phone calls while our masseuse stops with their <laughs> <laughs> And then we get you know and then we we get driven in a limo to the set. It's not like that at all. You get a call like two out two weeks before it goes, hey Alana, they're offering you this much for the role of legally blonde. Are you serious? How many scenes? We don't know yet. The the the, the <laughs> You know, the, the, the uh, screen, the screenplay isn't finished yet. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll say yes. Of course. <laughs> what's your, what's your, as we start winding down, what is your proudest moment as an actor so far? I mean, I mean, it can be more than one, but what is, what are things that stick out to you in your career thus far where you're like, that's, I'm really proud. When I was in my late twenties, I was really afraid that I was just going to be the best friend forever. And I thought, God, what, what, what's a girl to do? Okay. Well, it's better than, than not having a job. Right. And then I booked waiting. 
And I thought, oh, this is really cool because it finally, I had always wanted to be just a character actress. I was, I was so floored by Dana Hill. I was obsessed with her when I was a kid. She would do a movie like Shoot the Moon, which was a full-on drama. And she broke your heart in that. And then she could turn around and do European Vacation. And she like stole that movie, right? Yeah. I was obsessed with her. So I was like, I want that career. I want that career. So finally waiting fell into my lap and I was like, okay, these are the kind of roles I want kind of memorable where, you know, no one has to know my name, but it's like, Oh, that's the girl from that and that. And that became the the beginning of, you know, uh, defining my career as, as, as a total character actress. It wasn't just the best friend. But you are aware that is your career. You are that person that people go. I know that. I mean, like that's, it was because of waiting, waiting with the biggest, you know, uh, it's when you're, when you're a teenager, when you're a teenage actress, you know, it's going to come to an end. It always comes to an end. And then you have to start all over again as an adult. So the ending started, it started to end with legally blonde. And I was like, okay, now what, what do I do now? And then when waiting came, I was like, oh, the bitch waitress, this is hysterical. I'm not playing a mom. I'm not playing the the girl who, who works with you is like, he'll call you back. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, in, in a sitcom, this is something that's that's interesting and cool and 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 I'm I'm every word out of my mouth is fuck and it's edgy <laughs> and it's an indie. This is cool. And then it led to Meet the Fockers. So I was. Yeah. By the way, people don't realize you were the uh, the the housekeeper in that. Yeah, that yeah. Stiller, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Barbara Streisand, and the sequel Meet the Fockers, which was another uh, in, insane thing. Um, also, what is uh, before you know what does you. Uh, you know, you have a lot of Puerto Rican fans. You're a Mexican-American actress. You did Coco. What does that mean to you? Well, my father is Puerto Rican. My mother's from Mexico. And, um, you know, I started in the business and no one believed that I was a Latina, of course, because, you know, you're, if, if you, it's funny because if you're not the tourist version of what a Latina is, <laughs> it's very hard, very difficult to get hired as a Latina. But... Once I was, I had the opportunity to audition. They were like, "Oh yeah, she is Latina. She has the the accent, español." And and you know, the, Mexico is such a big country, and a lot of people don't realize this. There are very many different looking. There's a lot of <laughs> there are wait, many, wait, what? Mexicans come in all shapes and sizes and colors. No, this is don't <laughs> don't put that misinformation out there a lot. That's good. <laughs> But it's, you know, it, it's funny, but I think when, when everyone thinks of, of the, the classic Mexican, they think, oh, they have very dark skin and, and they are more indigenous than they are European, but there, there is just, we come in all shapes and sizes. And I think slowly, but surely people are starting to realize that. Um, and uh, th- that was just amazing for me because it's, you know, anytime I do get to play a part of a, of, of a Latin, it's, you're, you know, you're bringing your, your cultura, your, your marrow to, to the plate. And that's something really special. Yeah. Um, Me. what, uh, I, I read the news today. I don't know if you found out that your daughter Cassie is potentially engaged. I woke up to the gossip column supporting an engagement ring. Uh, we saw TMZ is reporting that Sydney Sweeney is engaged. Uh, we don't know if that's true or not. I figured as her mom. Johnny put a ring on it. <laughs> um, Johnny. Did do you watch the entire season of uh, Euphoria? Did you watch it or do you stay away from it? I haven't I haven't seen my work in 14 years. 
But do you, so you don't know, you don't watch the, like, but what about the episodes you're not in? You don't watch it? I, I don't, I can't, I, it, it's, 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 um, I will drive myself crazy. <laughs> but so even the scenes without you in it, you won't watch, you won't watch the. A couple of things here and there. I was really excited to see the grandmother's performance. Uh, Fez's, Fez's grandmother. Wasn't was it in the first, in the first episode yeah. of this season? So good. Oh, she's fabulous. And I was so excited because, you know, when you read the scripts, you're like, I wonder what that actress is going to do with that, uh, with, with that role. And, and also the, the groomer, the groomer who, who brings Rue in and who's like, well, I know you owe me. Oh my God. Martha Kelly, Martha Kelly. Martha Kelly. I was so excited to, to, so I'll fast forward to those, to those scenes and I'll watch them. I'll be like, well, she did a great job. Okay. Okay. I'm done. When you have a four-year-old Ryan, your time to sit and watch a full-on hour <laughs> show is, so, I mean, it's unbelievable. First of all, it takes an hour to put him to sleep. He's finally in bed by like 9, 45, 10 o'clock. And then sometimes he's asking us for like a glass of water, or a glass of milk or whatever. Oh, wait, this kid eats and drinks? He eats oh. and he drinks and he drinks. Oh so my God. Just, I mean, what? it is. You know, and, and is then he, is when, he an Evian water kid? What are we thinking water wise? Like, you this? know, if I if I do have a free hour to myself, I'll nap. I'll take a nap. My husband and I are so tired. But it's, <laughs> my, it's I love my my entire life. Which, by the way, how dare you assume I don't have a four year old child? Get back <laughs> in the closet, Ted. Um, no, but like my whole life is watching TV. So the fact. That, I just love that I realize what an unnoble profession I'm in. And you're like, we're raising a human. You don't understand. Oh, um, it's, it's, it's you're, you're just always exhausted. And so when, when you do have a free hour, you're just like, oh my God, oh, he needs night diapers. Like, you know, I, I gotta, let me go to, um, I, I need to go to um, Costco. It's, it's, it's just, I need a Costco run. Did you see your four years episode last night? No, we were at Costco. I mean, it, it's that. It well, really I hate to break is. it to you. Your character, Suze, does die in the season finale this past week. You didn't you see You know, it. someone told me that. And I was yeah. like, you've got to be kidding me. You got trampled on stage. You got trampled during the, uh, uh, the stage thing. Her character, you guys, you've seen it, but she, she hops up on stage because Cassie interrupts the whole performance. And it was so... Me. Did she eat me at this? At some point, someone was saying she she actually devours me. She yeah, she eats you. Animalistic. Yeah. And Nate, yeah, Nate shot you. Um, <laughs> everybody, Eric Dane then had sex with you. It was like crazy. <laughs> like it was so wild. Um, the last. I one, wish I had a sex scene with Eric Dane, yeah. and so do you, Ryan. I do, yeah. but my God, Eric Dane. What? By the way, Eric Dane, like amazing performance this year. Oh, he's, he's, he's insane. He's such a monster. He and I did a movie of the week years ago when we were little kids. We were just puppies. That guy gets hotter with age. He is fine wine. I know he? it's yeah. Me, me and Eric, we're I mean, like I'm the podcasting version of Eric Dane. You are. Yeah. In fact, I, was, I wanted to set him up with a girlfriend of mine and, and he is, he's so cute. I was like, Eric, can I set you up with a really hot girlfriend of mine? He's like, absolutely. Does she have a cat? You know, with her, his like dry pan, does she have a cat? And I said, uh, yeah, she does. He's like, I can't, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like dead, deathly allergic to, uh, to cat fur. He's like, oh, can't do it. The last question I know you will not know the answer of uh, is, is I'm hearing that Euphoria will not be coming back for two years because of Zendaya's uh, busy schedule. Do you know when Euphoria oh, is? Oh, I didn't know about that. Well, I, I, I don't know about it. it either. That's what I just read that Zendaya had a full production schedule. And unless 
that that it might be a two year. Do you know anything about when Euphoria might come back? I'm not quite sure. It's been I mean, renewed. It's been renewed. Yeah, I know. I know for a fact that look, I mean. HBO, there, there is, um, you know, there, there's one individual at HBO that does give notes to Sam and they are just, they're, um, they have a really good groove. She's apparently a genius and she's like, okay, I like this. And she was just like, mm, save this for last. Or, you know, she's, she's really great at, 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 at reconfiguring the puzzle, the same puzzle. And, um, look, you know, HBO knows what they're, they know what they're doing. I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to be able to figure out, you know, that's why I was like, we, we can just do rule-less scenes. Like Rue can just be a voiceover for the first couple episodes. I was going to say, yeah, Yeah. they're very clever. I, I, I have a feeling that they're, they're going to be able to um, work around her schedule. You know, when in, in times like that, what happens is when you're that big, you you can only hope that the line producer of the of one project is in cahoots with the other cahoots with the line producer from another project that they get along well that they know okay she's she's um her scenes are are this this that and the other okay well we can okay have her monday through wednesday and then thursday and friday she can come on our set so that's what happens when you're that busy to one line producer from one project um is in uh is is trying to coordinate with the other line producer from the other project. Uh, HBO, if you're listening, I also want, uh, I'm pitching Alana for The White Lotus season two. We're <laughs> in The White Lotus season two. By the way, this is Sydney Sweeney was the daughter in season one. We can get Alana in season two and keep it in the HBO family. Because she's gotta, busy getting married. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta do this, you guys. Um, and finally, have you met Drake? He is a producer on your show. Yes. You met Drake? He's the most beautiful thing. Specimen. Of How does he man. smell? I hear he smells. You, you feel like a biological mishap. I, 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 yeah. No, I, I wanted, I, I was just, you, you, you're a little speechless when you meet him, not just because he's Drake, but he is so fine. He is so fine and he's so like just oh. clean cut like everything's perfect oh. him, right like he's always oh my god dressed for, for the read through um he had uh like a big beautiful vegan spread for everyone that was there at the read through and he went up to me and he was just like hi i'm drake guy <laughs> do you uh he was like enjoy enjoy some um some beautiful vegan spread i was like i will you beautiful vegan man <laughs> I don't know if he's vegan or not, but he is so beautiful and such a gentleman and sweet. And you know, he has a room full of Birkin bags just for his future wife. He bought them in advance. And whoever gets to be his wife one day gets that whole room of Birkins. I'm not even joking. They're t- Are you serious? I'm totally serious. It's <laughs> in an uh, architectural digest where he has a room of Birkins just for his future wife hysterical well i mean the fact that he i I, he could afford those birkins god bless that boy um i I think i think it's very interesting you know all in all in in, and it goes to show you the in my experience the more famous and important and successful the artist is the nicer they are and the more personable they are it's very interesting when they're sort of middle of the road kind of they're they're usually pricks yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's what's i mean when i was on meet the fuckers ben stiller and 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 dustin hoffman and and you had robert de niro and terry polo 
They were so nice. They're so sweet. Barbara Streisand had her little like thermos of soup. <laughs> I mean, they're really cute. Uh, humble people. I guess when you get to be that huge, there's nowhere else to be but yourself. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think there. Once you get to that mountain, like then you have yeah. to like kind of like okay, and that's. I mean, it is like I, right. would, I. I would hate to find out. And please don't tell me if you know, but like I would hate to find out if like Tom Hanks is a prick. Like I don't want to know. Well, like, yeah, I don't even want to meet him. Could you imagine if he's a prick? Oh, <gasps> if he was like, you're in my sight line. That's I'm looking at the camera. Like, they got to get these peepers right here. Like if he Woo! was like, on your like, you know, your close up or something, like, it would just be horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it it it, it would be pretty bad. I met uh, one time. I I was uh, I had an audition one time, and I won't name names, but <laughs> I, I'll just make them up. I was I was trying out for the best friend and I was in this casting office and and um, I wasn't getting any laughs. And I was with the the star at the time and uh, and they were like, OK, thank you, Alana. And and the the star was like, ooh, <laughs> kind of went to herself. I don't know what came over me, Ryan, but I got up and I went, fuck you guys. <laughs> and I ran out of the <laughs> office. But, you know, I had to do it. And I called my manager and she was like, you know, that that office won't call me back for everything. <laughs> I, you. I was like, Margaret, I got to be honest with you. I told them all to fuck off <laughs> because she was like, you what? Oh, my God. A lot. <laughs> That's amazing. But, you, know, but you know, you still you worked after that. You still work in this town. So that didn't yeah. really. You know, some, um, sometimes that shit has to happen, but you know, it, it does really affect you when a, when a person that big is a jerk. It yeah. affects you, man. Yeah. Um, well, this uh, this has been amazing. You really have cheered me up so much. Like, I, I miss. Oh, I'm you. glad. I'm so happy to like. I just. I I hope you know how beloved you are, and I hope you. I know it's only been ten days, but I hope you feel <laughs> for the next couple months. And I hope, like, what are the next couple things for you? Have you already got them lined up, or besides? I can besides go the- to a mall and wear really dark glasses. Do a Sally Field soap dish moment. Yes, go get recognized. Um. I no, I, uh, you, you know, I, I, uh, um, there are a couple of things and it, it actually a, a lot of things all of a sudden overnight. So oh, I, shocking. You know, yeah. Freaking cool. And, um, and, and I, I, um, I am going to enjoy it while this 15 minutes lasts, please. <laughs> and by the way, I really, you, if there's one person that deserves more than 15, it's you. And I think, yeah. uh, I, I just, I'm so thrilled for you and really you are one of the nicest people. You're like Drake. So uh, you are you are my Drake. So Alana Yubach, you guys, you've seen her in everything. If you want to play a fun game, go to imdb.com, type in Alana Yubach, and just behold an amazing, amazing career of craftsmanship and great work. Uh, made us laugh. Made us, I mean, just really, really amazing. Alana, thank you so much for all of this time because we know you. your time is precious. Please go raise, please go feed that kid now. I will. I love you, Ryan. Okay. I love you. Betches.